Welcome to the Mavens Do It Better podcast. And now, your host, Heather Newman. Hello, everyone. Here we are again for another Mavens Do It Better podcast, where we interview extraordinary experts who bring a light to our world. And I have another beautiful light here, Casey Mancibo. Hello, Miss Casey. Hello, my darling Heather. <laughs> Yay. So uh, where are you coming to us from today? Uh, I am in um, LA. Yeah. West side. <laughs> West side. Yes. West side. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm coming to you uh, at, per usual um, from my HQ here in Marina Del Rey. Uh, Kissy and I don't live too far from each other. We're both West Siders, which is awesome. And I'm so excited to have you on. What was you saying? We're under a mile away from each other. Yeah, sure. about a mile away. So very close, which is awesome. Um, so y'all, so Casey is a, I don't gosh, I'm like, what kind of maven are you? Music maven, connector maven, um, foodie maven. I don't know. You've, Casey's had a various and sundry, amazing career in many, many things. So I wanted to have her on. Um, she was one of my, I would say one of my first uh, friends here in Los Angeles that I didn't know before I moved here. And we met through uh, an interesting organization, the CMO Club. So we yeah, <laughs> we did. Um, so yeah, so Casey and I, we met, um, it, it was New York, right? You were just- I, I think it was New York, yes. Yeah, New York at a CMO Club event, yeah. And then, and then I ended up moving here and we ended up connecting again and again. And I just, I couldn't stop because Casey's so fun. So- I, I remember when you told me that you were gonna move to LA and yeah. I was, like really <laughs> um so yeah so i yeah so casey and i've done a lot of cool things casey tell everybody about your business first of all oh man I uh, know. my business well i've had my company for uh 30 i think 32 years now um and it has taken many different turns and developed into many different things with different divisions that we have, you know, waxed and waned with. Um, but for the most part, I think overall, I would say that my company focuses on talent management and consulting and live events, yep. RIP right now, and um, a lot of consulting with artists and philanthropic organizations yep. and bringing people together and trying to create kind of, a, you know, more goodness in the world through music and food and yeah. charity. I think that kind of sums up. What we yeah. I, I mean, I, Casey and I, we had a funny thing happen when um, we first met uh, and I think I'd come back from like London or something. I was zonked. We were at a dinner and you're like, Oh, do you want to come to this thing? And I was like, Oh my gosh. She's like, you look exhausted. I was like, I am. So I went home and then I think I was on Instagram and I was like, she is with Sting. And I was like, never again, never again will I not say yes. <laughs> and we were actually um, at dinner with um, one of the sisters from Heim. Okay. That was pre like pre their first Grammy nomination. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they were just coming up. Amazing. Yeah. So that was pretty fun. So yeah, everybody, I, I stopped and I, I made sure no matter if I was home or around that I was definitely going with her. So 
So talk about, yeah, I mean, you've had such a, like your career, you've, you've had this business for around 30 years. Where did it get started? How about that? Well, I fell into music and entertainment through a completely different world through fashion, actually. And um, I have a very, you know, interesting background of how I was raised. And I never thought I was going to go into entertainment because of that. Right. And, um, yeah. I, I started an import export company and I started designing and working in fashion and designing my own line and doing limited luxury uh, handbags and had a great time with that. And then um, I had a really devastating experience in my life and I was widowed at a very young age and unexpectedly. And I kind of said, wait a minute, I want to get off the train for a minute. I think I was going to Italy four or five, six times a year and just go- and going to New York and doing all the fashion shows and you know, it's a it's an exhausting experience if you're starting something up in that industry, yeah. and um, so I kind of took a little bit of like a a pause of like, wait a minute, what do I need right now? And I wasn't, I just really wasn't sure. And I lived in an apartment complex with a lot of women who are just a little bit older than me. Like they're kind of my big sisters. Yeah. And I lived there for a long time and. They were all very, very supportive. And one of them knocked on my door one day and she said, this guy I know about this house from the developer I'm working for in the marina. And he has this music and fashion project thing. I don't know, you should, maybe you should talk to him. Right. And I said, well, he's close by, I guess I will. And that ended up being an experience that completely changed my career, which was working in music and that was launching the Spice Girls. Yeah, this, you told me that story when we were in the car on the way to Cal Jam, I think, because I asked you how you got started. So, so, so what does that mean? So like you helped launch the Spice Girls, tell everybody what that means. I did for them and subsequently for many other artists was to basically do everything um, for them visually. So they audio team who creates the music and a touring team and management and have a team that does all the visuals and all the licensing and product development and style guides and styling etc so I focused on that and really developed their the look of them and the the deals of them you know doing a, a a toy deal at Target or you know I think there's a a lot of collectors of the Spice Girls dolls ah may have been responsible for I'm not saying that I was but I may have been uh, (laughs) developing you know all their product line that toured with them and also went to retail and at that time retail was a really big deal for a lot of the artists Um, like we like to say these days you were helping with visual but you were also helping helping with merch it was merch and branding (laughs) yeah Merch is where the money is. If you're in this business, you know, you know, it used to be you would um, tour to support an album and then the album to support your tour in the ticket sales. The rest of the money is in the (laughs) t-shirts. Really? (laughs) The money's in the t-shirts. Yeah. That's so wild. And then the Spice Girls, like you were saying, led to working with other artists, right? Mm -hmm. So I started with Spice Girls and then went, 
in some f- order with to Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees, Vitamin C, and really ran, you know, in the late 90s pop world as hard as I could. (laughs) And had a lot of fun. We had such a great time with all of those artists and really creating something for them that was, you know, their future, their brand. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, brand is such a, I mean, we, you and I talk a lot about brand. Um, yeah. with, with what you know what you do and then me working in the tech industry and a little bit in entertainment and stuff and yeah I mean what do you see from today like like doing merch and that kind of stuff today I mean I guess and we're in the middle of you know a pandemic right and the music you know I I, I sent Casey a text last night talking about the Grammys um just the hotel cafe you know is a place that you took me for the first time or seen you know amazing artists there and so it was like one of those where I was like oh man and then seeing the troubadour similarly you know our our venues here in Los Angeles that you know obviously are not open right now um like what do you see for people coming out as far as brand like what's happening right now like it's hard yeah really hard and you know I think I I look at brand as more of quality and really explaining what your quality is and that's how I always work like I really want to you know be in whatever I'm working on to create you know a very beautiful product visually if I can and to help people um to identify with the artists they love and feel the music you know you you bond with your music through audio but also to have that experience with something you can hold like we hold vinyl and love that but you know, the experience of having the poster in your room when you were up. And that to me, was always like, wow. So to be the person that gets to say, this is what the poster should look like. Right. It's really about creating memories more than anything else. And I think people have a responsibility to their art to really present themselves in a way that makes their fans truly understand who they are. Yeah. As art. Yeah. And I'm looking at your beautiful vinyl behind you there. there you Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like, I've been enjoying it too. Um, I, yeah. my, I had a broken record player for a while and finally got a new one. I'm so loving it. It's uh, There's a great store in Santa Monica that does 99 cent records. It's ridiculous. I, I cannot go in there very often because I kind of go bananas. Um, <laughs> the, Which was streaming. I know. Yeah. Surplus records. Yeah. Um, yeah, for, so, I mean, ultimately, I mean, you're a storyteller, you know, I, and visually, you're a storyteller, also a storyteller in, like, like, Casey throws amazing events. I've been to many that she is, you, yeah, and, you know, you've had so many different, um, I guess, contracts and clients around Los Angeles over the last, you know, 30 years, but I've, I've been able to be at you know, some of those in the recent past and just seeing how you put together an event and what you say about the creation of memories and the creation of that, that is so what you bring to the table, by the way. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. So um, some of the, we share uh, with folks like some of the sort of, I don't know, like I, we could, we could go boot to Collins. We could go, you know, we could, you know, go the, you know, some of the, you know, you were working a lot for Whole Foods. You did the great, it was the, is that great? I want to say great expectations, but that's not right. The, the, the whole planet foundation. Yeah. The whole planet foundation. Um, Like you, you had your hands in so many things music wise. And then we, and then we'll talk about like food and chefs and all that in a minute too. But like, 
I don't know. Do things stick out for you? I'm sure there's tons and you're like, I, I have my, my favorites, but. Just because you were talking about the, the music venues, I think, you know, the venues stick out, the stories from the venues stick out a lot. I mean, I, my mom's office when I was growing up, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but her office was across the street from the Troubadour. Okay. And so I never went to summer camp. I went to work with my parents. <laughs> yeah that is kind of what has you know, caused me to, to fall into this role that I'm in now. Um, but I went to soundcheck at the Troubadour, you know, every summer and met Mike. And yeah. Mike, uh, until the pandemic, Mike was still the door guy at the Troubadour. Wow. And I've known him since I was 14. Wow. I think, well, actually, I think I was younger than that. I think he let me in when I was 14. <laughs> I think I've known him since I was much younger, but those are the experiences that really, really resonate with me. And, you know, my old, you know, my teenage years being in LA at the Roxy. And then I had a venue that I ran in Venice. It was an underground venue and those memories are incredible. And so, you know, a lot of those of my own memories within music are in those small places. And, you know, I have very, very deep relationships with a lot of those, um, you know, venue operators and employees still um, in LA and other cities that I've worked in a lot, being, you know, Austin, New York, et cetera. And, you know, I have such love for the people who work in those places and really are there because they love music and they love being in an intimate venue professionally. Um, In terms of like outside of that in my work, I think, you know, there's so many incredible memories that I have from, you know, just working on really beautiful projects like Butch Walker's Autumn Leaves fundraiser in Topanga, which is where I grew up. Yep. And that was at the Theatricum Botanicum where I sit on the board of directors. It was a very full circle place for me mm-hmm. and professionally because I grew up around that theater and in that space. And to, you know, KCON, which is the Korean pop festival that I did, I produced for the first five years of its existence and BTS, their very first show and explaining to the American press what K-pop was and being in that. And the first year we were at 2,500 attendees. Mm -hmm. And then the last year I worked on it, we were at, which was five years later, we were at 185,000. So to see, Thing, just the trajectory of that yeah. is kind of like nothing else I've experienced professionally. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it was truly amazing to, wow. to, to kind of just see that ride. And the audiences at those festivals are the most fantastic fans. They are so appreciative of everyone. They're so respectful. Yeah. I, if I held up a, a bullhorn and I said, okay, everyone get in line with your tickets numbered from one to a thousand, mm. they're in a straight line with no <laughs> arguments, no problems, smile on their face. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was really uplifting. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's been so fun to, you know, Casey and I, you know, we've been to many events together and she's invited me graciously to so many things. And, um, you know, it's been so cool to to watch that and, and, you know, and be a part of um, that organization together and see how that's changing. But I've just, you know, it's been fun to just watch you do your thing, to be honest. Thanks. Yeah. 
you know, um, and, and kind of like, you know, we all have in this particular time that we're in, you know, we're a year out from when all of this stuff started happening with COVID and everybody's had to really, you know, they call it what the great awakening, the great pause, the great, you know, reconciliation, the great review, all the, you know, all of that stuff. And I think we've all had moments of that. Um, and, you know, for you with, you know, uh, talent management, venues, events, and all of that stuff, I know that you're working on sort of evolution and evolving and, and how's that, how's that going? I know a little bit about that, but I think to share sure. with I think I've been that way my entire life and and especially my entire career. I've been self-employed my entire life. I've never worked for the man. (laughs) (laughs) I've always been changing. And so quite honestly, with the pandemic, I don't feel as though my life was ripped out from underneath my, my feet professionally. Things are changing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't see it as something that has been devastating. Yeah. So there are no alive events right now. The production's just starting back up, but I think, you know, you kind of need to take time to reset and reevaluate. And I do think, you know, I've said this many times. So many of my colleagues, I think festivals were getting to a place where it was just getting too dangerous. And there was not a sense of being able to properly secure venues. And we need, we really needed to rethink what was going on in many different sectors, not just in the safety reason and a safety standpoint. But I think that is something that everyone's going to start, you know, reassessing Mm -hmm. their choices and their decisions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know we've talked a lot about that and, and being places, you know, together, I think I, for those of you who are event producer types, which I know there's a lot of you who are listeners because, you know, that's where I know you from or, you know, or that you, you know, found the podcast in that way from folks we've had on the past, but it's like, I don't know, you, we have that weird, I don't know if it's weird. I'm totally weird. So sure. It's weird. But like that sense of like, you know, you go into any room and like, you can't help it. You're like kind of like a 007 or a double, whatever you want to call it. You're like scanning, you're like looking, you're like, okay, is it safe? How's that set up? You know, what's the flow? Like, you know, like what's the chi door, (laughs) the exit door, right? Where's the exit door, you know? So you kind of have that weird, that funny event production person that just doesn't go away no matter what. Right. I mean, you do that. I know you do that. I scan every room. <laughs> it's a terrible thing. Yeah. Every, every, every thing I go to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I do think that, you know, with, with some of the, the movements that have happened in our culture over the last little while too, I think there is something about safety and safe spaces and, you know, some of the you know, sort of bad things uh, culturally, as far as like feeling safe and and especially, you know, for women and trans people and all, and all of that, you know, when, you know, what, how do you deal with something when it happens, you know, um, somewhere and, you know, as an event planner, you feel, res- I always felt very responsible for people's care when they're produce, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's one, of, that's one of the beauties of, you know, producing family festivals and KCON. Right. No, there's no drugs, there's no alcohol in those uh, situations. And those, you know, honestly, those are the ones with a lot less problems in terms of safety. Um, They're foolproof either, but 
um, you know, we has as people who are gatherers of, you know, multi groups of people, we have a responsibility. And sometimes that's bigger than even our security teams can right. figure out. Um, I spend more time with my security teams than anybody, even, you know, with yeah. any of the action. Yeah, absolutely. that's my that's my main concern. It's probably the mom and me. I don't know. But that's safe. I'm always safety first. Yeah, absolutely. Not safety third. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so, you know, you've worked with so many gosh, different groups and, and you what I the other thing you do so beautifully is you you blend uh, your your blender, I think, um, in of people and, and experiences like you have you know, this person working with the food bank and you have, you're, you're connecting different people together to like create these experiences, you know, um, you know, you made it so that Dave Grohl from the food fighters handed my mom a brick brisket sandwich, you know, which like, it, okay. yeah, too much, you know, so many people are like, what just happened? You know? Um, so like talk about the connector in you a little bit. Cause I know that's who you are. Like, yeah. like that's like, that is the thing that you do that I know that you don't always get paid for or recognized for, you know what I mean? Like I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's definitely just who I am. And yeah. you know, I've been doing this a long time and I've lived in LA my whole life, but yeah. I mean, I have, I've been producing all over the world and I'll go to Paris and I'll see somebody on the street and I'm like, Oh, and my husband jokes. He's like, of course you see someone here. You know, it's just kind of like, that. I just like so much to be able to introduce people to one another to see, hey, I think you guys could have fun together, maybe right. creatively collaborate, yeah. help each other out. Yeah. And I think that's what it's all about for me is just figuring out how everyone can help each other. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm a big helper and that's just, I think why I like connecting so much. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, you're a, in the in the book, the tipping point where I got the word maven from, you know, which means expert. It's in that same chapter. It's salespeople, connectors, and mavens. And um, I don't know. I think I think you're a bit of all of those. I think I am too. So, <laughs> but I really like the word maven because I thought it was so sexy. You know, <laughs> it is. It is. Okay, but connector is definitely where it's at too. So, um, so you took you 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 know you music talent. Uh, the beautiful handbags and, and fashion and all of that. And then I know you've been working chefs and food and, and it's also obviously part of events, but you were doing that for a little bit too, right? Um, with talent management. Yeah. I mean, I've been, man I've been managing artists since uh, the early 2000s. So for over 20 years, I've had management division. And then um, I started working in food here and there just from, I don't even know how many years, but uh, I got really focused on it when I had the opportunity to work with Whole Planet Foundation. Right. And Whole Planet is one of the two charities that is started by Whole Foods. Right. <clears throat> Pardon me. They also have Whole Kids and I've done a lot of work with them and Whole Kids is fantastic because they work in school gardens right. and school, school gardens, which is a huge passion of mine. Mm -hmm. So I've done a lot there, which has been really fun. And with Whole Planet, they're a wonderful organization because they do microcredit loans and they fund primarily women who are entrepreneurs. Their average loan is $135 and they are in over 70 countries and they have a 98% repayment rate, which is unheard of. And they really get women out of poverty 
with that small amount of money. And it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. So I started working with a colleague of mine and we put together a whole program we called Musicians for Microcredit. And we started putting together events around the Grammys. It was mirrored off of events my colleague had started in Austin at, at the Whole Foods headquarters during South by Southwest. And then we kind of just reevaluated that a little bit and then really brought it to LA. And we thought, you know, there's not a lot of just global philanthropic work that goes on during Grammy week. Right. And so we just kind of blew that up and we got into, you know, all of the, the magazines for like, you know, the party to go to, which right. was, which was just, you know, silly, but really fun. part of. And that is a guest list that I curate and I work with the organization to really try to bring as many diverse people together. And that's a real, that, that a particular event is really a showcase of uh, my connectivity, if you will, because I'm inviting you know, everyone from the LA County Board of Supervisor, right. to maybe one of the upcoming visual artists in LA, right. to nominees to food entrepreneurs and putting them all together in a place to celebrate music and microcredit. And it's really fun. It's really just like a mini festival where there's a lot of food and, and live music. And we usually have a, we have five or six performers each year. And most of them are nominees for album of the year or best song of the year, or world music that, that year, et cetera. And yeah. it's a really fun time. So uh, and with COVID that didn't happen this year, but there was a, a, a live stream event that my colleague and another colleague of mine put together for that, which right. was that they had the chance to carry that through. So that's really how I started working so much in food. And then because of that, I got really close with a lot of the food brands yeah. and realized how, you know, food and music are just so together in so many ways. And a lot of the food brands really wanted to figure out how to participate more in music and how to participate more in philanthropy. And so we just have been doing that for years and years. So Sometimes they'll come in and sponsor, you know, a nonprofit event. Um, sometimes they'll just come in and donate products that we can use backstage. Right. So all of that's just really blossomed and turned into so many relationships yeah. that have helped a multitude of organizations. So I'm really proud of that. Yeah, well, it's super duper cool. Um, what are you working on right now? Well, so as I, as I just said, I've been in food for a little while, a minute, and <laughs> we were very fortunate. We sold a show to Food Network uh, in February mm -hmm. of last year. Um, that was a concept that uh, we put together with um, twins, Ezra and Adiv Potash, who are jazz musicians who I manage, who are twins. And they are from Nebraska and they are jazz trained. Um, and they have had a couple of shows on TV, including a show called Beats and Bites on Bravo and Southern Road Trip on Travel Channel. And they're just such a joy to work with. And we have so much fun. And their, uh, their music mentor is Wynton Marsalis and their food dad is Andrew Zimmert. So Andrew is our production partner on the show. And we ended up 
talking to Food Network and figuring out a way to shoot the show during COVID and shot 10 episodes. Um, And we shot with Rob Riggle, Sheila E., Joel McHale, about a variety of of different celebrities, musicians, comedians, actors, and put this out in a very safe COVID way. And it was COVID safe way. (laughs) And it was a lot of fun to put together. So we're working on that. Now we're working on a new set of shows and also just kind of prepping everyone to to get back to live and navigating that, which has been interesting. Yeah, that's so cool. That's so exciting. Do you have any idea when it's going to come out, the episodes? Oh, they're out now. They're out now. They're on Food Network. And the show, sorry, I didn't say the name of the show. The name of the show yeah. is The Takeout Twins. The Takeout Twins. That's right. Ezra and Adiv, uh have, you know, they're, they're really great musicians, as I said, but they also are foodies. So they take food, whether it's orange chicken or a breakfast sandwich, and order it from a restaurant. But then they show the celebrity how to make that dish at home. Got it. Ooh. At the the show they compare and see which one tastes better i love it that is so great oh my goodness and just to like entice people to you know don't be a, don't be afraid of the kitchen and right. don't be afraid to just make something that you see at a restaurant and yeah. how you know if you know the little tricks and tips that it really makes it pretty comfortable to cook and yeah. i'm not a cook, so yeah that's yeah. so that's so cool oh my goodness I know you always have a gazillion things in the hopper so um but I figured I was like I knew something was was coming out or recently came out a really really huge project that I'm super excited about that obviously I can't talk about right now but it's a it's a pretty special project that um is a musical and Hmm. it's uh it's pretty exciting so that's awesome more mystery somewhere right you have to keep some mystery we'll have to have you back to talk about the musical but yeah now casey's always got some like lots of different irons in the fire and i know what do you th- talk to people about i think you know you're how many generation angelino i am a fifth generation angelino yeah my daughters are sixth sixth generation angelinas so um i'm very proud of that i i, I feel very attached to the city I've lived in other cities, but I very come back here and um, this is definitely my my home yeah. and I grew up in Topanga and my family there originally were uh, settlers of Calabasas. So they were the founders of Calabasas with two other families. Wow. And uh, coincidentally, my parents bought a house not too far from there and that's where I was raised. And my parents were a big part of that community and started as you know, the, the hippies that they, that they were the pumpkin festival because Calabasas means pumpkin in Spanish. And right. So they started the pumpkin festival, which is, I think where like the Gelson's is now oh. <laughs> the where the Kardashians go. Right. So, you know, when I was there, it was, you know, just dirt and it was just such a beautiful place to grow up because it was so rural, but, you know, my parents were in the city working and the studios, you know, every day, but we grew up, you know, really in a, in a very rural setting. Yeah. So it's an incredible situation. And, you know, I, I got an opportunity to meet with the current mayor of Calabasas and mm-hmm. kind of tell him our story, my family story. And, 
you know, it was just so fun to actually tell it to somebody who's, you know, representing the town. Yeah. A lot of fun. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, with you, I mean, your, your family, both your mom and dad in in the industry, you know, and your mom's office across from the troubadour. That's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. And you've pointed out your dad's office. My childhood was just a little cuckoo. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, what do you think it is about, what is it about Los Angeles? You know? What, what is it about uh, this city and, you know, I mean, I mean, okay, I, obviously entertainment's been here forever, but like, what do you think people, why it stays? You know what I mean? Like, this is a city for that culture and music and all of it. You can surf and ski in the same day. Let's just say yeah. that. Right? That's pretty magical. And, if, you know, the weather's incredible, but, you know, if you, if you really like break it down, you can really see the heart of the people in LA is really beautiful. And the people who've been here for generations and, you know, the, the soul of the city is really incredible. And the people that are serving our city as politicians and whether they're, you know, a, a city councilman and a subsidy of West Hollywood or they're representing the county. And there are people who are really passionate about this city and caring for it. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of beauty in it because it is widespread and there are so many small sub communities like West Hollywood or you know Culver City or Redondo Beach what have you that you get these little sub microcosms of people who feel very touched to their own community but are still part of a bigger city and I think really beautiful thing it's very special that's so cool yeah um how do you I know you're busy and all of that how do you chill out um, right now, we're really talking COVID chill out or like, no, it's kind of like a ro- loaded question. Yeah. Right. Um, say, you know, it's funny because I would go to shows, even though I was working, mm-hmm. still chilling out, you know, so live music is definitely my, my zone. Yeah. And also just like, you know, simple, the simplest things, just like, you know, being on the water and being, sur- you know, surfing and sailing and you know reading a book and all the things I think hiking all the stuff people do but now you know it's just you know being with my family and my animals and all the normal things that people like to do I don't think you know good bath is always good I don't know yeah I like that too yeah oh my goodness um I think I should ask you my last question unless you have something else you want to tell us about that you have coming up that we want to make sure and tell everybody. Um, wow. We've got a big reveal. Well, pretty excited. And you'll, you'll, you'll see this hopefully in uh, some magazines next, next fall mm-hmm. is um, we are building a house Ooh. That, um, because we lost our house. <laughs> we had a fire. Yeah. The ter- yeah. The, yeah. I think it's important as I, as I have a chance to tell people is um, about three months before our fire, my father-in-law was killed in a car accident and he was a very prolific architect in the Midwest. His name was Irving Tabachman and you can Google his work, which I hope you will find as fascinating as I do. Totally. I, I was a huge fan of his and also fell in love with his son, which was very handy. <laughs> We decided that we were going to rebuild our house and we built, we're building it as a tribute to him in his style. 
And um, we're making it a, ve- a kind of a venue, if you will. We're going to have a lot of house concerts there and we're going to open our house to fundraisers and kind of have this space that where we can continue to give back to our community and people who need support that way. So we're excited about that. For yeah. We're hoping it gets done real soon. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, his work is so beautiful, everybody. I'll make sure and put it in the show notes you can go check it out so yeah i knew you were doing that but i didn't know about that piece of it wow honey that's that's really cool really it's really gonna be special so absolutely oh one more thing do you want to talk about um zoe's nonprofit? oh sure i love that i'm i am the proud mother of two pretty incredible people um one i won't talk about because she'll probably won't want me to talk about her (laughs) She's pretty incredible. She's standing right over there. Yeah. Older daughter, um, Zoe, started a, a charity at the beginning of COVID to benefit drag queens who are out of work. She's been a fan of drag for a long time. And if you watch the Trixie Mattel documentary, you may see my daughter and Heather because Heather was very kind. I had to go to a show and my husband had to go to a show and my daughter so desperately wanted to go to see Trixie and Heather was so kind to take her to see Trixie. Mm -hmm. Um, And anyway, drag has been a huge part of Zoe's life. And so she realized there is no music cares. There is no sweet relief for drag queens. There's no SAG after fun for drag queens. They really had no support in the entertainment fields during COVID. So she took that as an opportunity to build a group of a couple of friends that support her, but she runs this on her own. And she's built this into this really incredible organization um, over the year. And she has a full 501c3 status now. And she's graduating high school a year early so she can run her charity. It's so cool. Yeah, I uh, when I I think we've gone two years, three years maybe. Um, Casey and Zoe and myself and some other friends uh, started going to RuPaul uh, RuPaul's Drag Con together. Con, we love it. Happiest uh, place on earth. Yeah, super good. If you haven't been and you like drag at all, please go because yeah, we'll see everyone smiling. It is like just such a joyous place. Yeah. That's one of the the gatherings I can't wait to happen again soon. I know, like Ru, like RuPaul's Drag Con and then Comic Con. You and I have been to together before. I mean, yeah. So yeah, Casey and I've been to a lot of really cool things together. In either like Comic Con, I was moderating and she she was there and she you were representing artists and then you know Drag Con going and you know representing some artists too, but also just going as attendees and um and then the Man Show. Yeah. Like, and- yeah yeah and it's great i'm on an, a wonderful audio group of about there's about 30 of us mm-hmm. that work in the audio industry everyone from like the front of house guy for metallica mm-hmm. to the guy who's the historian for nam and we get together once a week i think we're going on our 30th or 38th or 40th week now wow. of getting together and having these conversations and it's so fascinating and you know not having nam is just you know, bizarre to everyone, obviously. So we're definitely all looking forward to getting together again, but we're going to have this little subgroup that's going to stay 
together for a long time, I think, out of it. Yeah, that's super cool. I realized I did not say the name of my daughter's charity. Oh, yeah, let's do that. It is Queens in Need, and the website is queensinneed.org. On Instagram is Queens in Need. So please follow and like. Uh, RuPaul is a supporter, as is, you know, Sharon Stone and uh, her next fundraiser we are going to be announcing shortly. So please check it out. And it's going to have a lot of incredible talent that is uh, supporting the organization. So we're really thrilled for her. But I didn't even help her. She's doing it all. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's awesome. So yeah, so uh, Queens in Need, we'll put that in the show notes so you can find it too. And then for those of you who are like, what's the NAM show? Um, National Association of Music Merchants. I got that right, didn't I? Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I started going to that years and years ago because Microsoft actually brought me there um, to help run the Cakewalk booth, which used to be a partner kind of Pro Tools kind of thing. Um, and we hadn't met back then at that time, but that's where I met a ton of people. And then I, we more recently have been going at the same time, but incredible. Um, yeah. And I just can't see. It's a lot of people there. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't it, I think 70, 85,000 people in Anaheim. Yeah, it's a it's a nut it's a nuts show. Yeah, at the convention center and all of the hotels surrounding and stuff. It's just it's bananas. But it's like it's that w- funny place where you're like, what is it? And it's like it's it's like for the tech people on the phone, it's like tech ed or ignite, but it's like guitars and you know uh, pianos and these amazing booths that like uh, just unbelievable. Like I saw I've seen like Slash play a guitar, try out a guitar, and Stevie Wonder like play a piano and totally name droppy but like that's totally what happens there and you're like what's going on right walking down the hall and you're like oh hey there's stevie wonder hi yeah 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 so just super amazing and fun but are there any stories that um we missed that you might want to share with everybody oh one story is heather and i i i got um tickets and i said to heather you know hey i got you know some passes to go to cal jam you want to go with me and this was like right after the 91 shooting in vegas which was just horrible and horrific and heartbreaking like i just have i can't i still am like devastated by that but um it was kind of one of those things where i felt like i had to go back to a festival and get back on the horse and just like feel like people can gather again and so heather and i decided to go out there and I remember I was talking to my mom and telling her I'm going to go to this festival and my mom said that's not safe you shouldn't go mom mom it's okay this is my work you know I I know what this is like and I just said don't worry I'm going to be backstage we're going to be with the band no one is going to hurt Dave Grohl (laughs) like Jesus (laughs) I got in the car and we drove there and I think it took like three weeks to get there it took a long time for whatever reason there was crazy traffic and it was construction or whatever that was one of the most fun car rides of any like traffic jam we had a blast we listened to music we had a great and luckily we got there late so we got this like sick parking spot (laughs) the stage we just gotta like walk in and those are the things like when you go through all this you know junk and bs and politics and everything in your job like there's so much joy that comes out of it and things like that. And just those memories. And I get to create my own memories. Yep. Friends like you. 
Absolutely. No, it's been a pleasure. I mean, you're full disclosure, Casey's a dear friend. So like you probably got that everybody. And I don't know. I have a lot of my dear friends on this show because you know they're all doing cool things and they're all mavens. So um and Casey's definitely one of those as well. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, okay, we could go on and tell stories for a really long time. Um and we've got tons more, but um I will I'm gonna give you my last question. Um that I ask everybody and uh, very interested in, you know, uh, sparks and moments in our lives. And so uh, person, place, thing, book, movie, poem, that that one of them, because there's, I'm sure, a gazillion, but something that seats you in who you are today that you'd like to share with everybody. My God, that's like insane. I know. Oh my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> it's in the list. <laughs> well, like the first thing that just, I would... I'm just doing what the first thing that comes to mind and just is in terms of like my like visual I don't know why I'm thinking that is um when I first saw a Brancusi statue and I translated that into this architectural work that I that I did and I I made um the first time I was really like a, a an artist and making creations on my own um I just remember that going ooh <laughs> that's really interesting so I think that's a that would be like a professional answer sure okay what's a not so professional answer no. <laughs> I'm teasing you yeah, that's, uh, that's great where was the Brancusi where was that Paris Paris okay yeah. yeah you spent a lot of time in Paris as well I lived in Paris and spent a lot of time there went to school there yeah absolutely so yeah all français yes oui. <laughs> And I mean, I have, so, I just feel like there's so many things that have had such an, an influence on me from, you know, my mom to, you know, childhood friends to sports, like everything. I mean, sports was such a huge part of my childhood and my coach who I had for, I had the same coach from like kindergarten through high school, oh. huge part of that part of my life. So there's so many as like, and yeah. both, I mean, I can go on and on. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that with everybody. So yeah, sometimes there's you see, you see something and it's it's transformative, right? You know, yeah. it's that one moment and then you it was simple. It was just this. It was just presented to me, and it was like, oh, okay, I like that. It's super cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yay! Well, thank you for. <laughs> What'd you say? Zane, go check it out next time you're in Paris. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness, I can't keep thinking about the next time we're in dot 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 right. Don't even, I know. I know, but yeah, okay. Crazy. Well, yeah, we're not going to go there. But um, but anyway, uh, thank you for sharing your story with everybody. It's um, it's so fun to watch you do what you do. And it's a pleasure. And I feel the same about you. And I'm just such a, um, a fan of yours professionally and personally. And such a great thing that you've created this show. And I just feel so honored that you asked me to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for coming on. Finally, I will say. Uh, <laughs> I'm shy. I mean, I, I know. I know you are. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on and uh, sharing your story, Casey. So, Thank you so much. Welcome. Well, everybody, that has been another episode of the Mavens Do It Better podcast. And here is to another beautiful day on this big blue spinning sphere. Thank you, everyone. And thank you, Casey. Thanks, Heather. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Cheers, everybody.
The original music on this podcast was created by Jesse Case.